This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. On the program today, we're going to speak with newly elected United States Congressman Trey Hollingsworth, who represents Indiana's 9th Congressional District, much of the southeastern part of the state, and it does uh, uh, wind its way up in to the greater Indianapolis area, the Donut County area. And uh, so we will speak with Trey about the first 100 days of the Trump administration working with the new Congress, uh, what that's going to look like. And we will also talk with Trey about uh, his very hotly contested race. That was a big, big race. A lot of money went into that seat. And we'll talk about winning that race, what it's like to run for public office. Just a really great conversation. Give you a little insight into what uh, our new government may look like in Washington, D.C. Then we're also going to speak with our friend Jim Merritt, Indiana State Senator. And Senator Merritt and I are working on a new podcast called Capital Happenings. 
where each week we're going to take you inside the Indiana legislature, talk about some of the big bills that are being debated and passed, because, of course, the legislative session just a couple weeks away uh, from beginning. And we recorded our first podcast yesterday, so you're going to get a chance to hear that on today's program. But first, we chat with newly elected United States Congressman Trey Hollingsworth. Here's that conversation. Trey, it's great to have you with us today. Congratulations on your uh, your big win this November. Well, listen, I appreciate you having me, and thanks for the congratulations. It was really an effort by a lot of great Hoosiers to secure a better future and change from the current problems we have in Washington. You are one of the youngest members of Congress. i, I got to admit, I'm envious of very few people, but I'm envious of you. You're a couple months older than me. You're in Congress. What is that like? Well, look, I think it carries a tremendous responsibility. A lot of Hoosiers have entrusted me with some part of their future, saying that we need something different in Washington. And what we've got right now in Washington isn't working for Hoosiers, isn't working for Americans. And so I feel the honor and humility to go to Washington to try to change that. And that's exactly what I committed to everybody across the campaign that I would do. And that's exactly what I intend to spend every waking minute doing. There. You were a non-politician that decided to run for public office. This, this is your first foray into, into public office? Absolutely. I've never run for office before. And really, it's just that frustration. I mean, I think Americans can do better than this, and we deserve a government that reflects the greatness of the American people. And we don't have that right now. And I'm excited about getting that. I'm excited about working with the Trump administration, excited about working with the Republican Senate, my own fellow colleagues in the House to get a better government and get back to a government that reflects how great this country can and should be. Again, this is Trey Hollingsworth, Congressman, who will represent uh, Indiana's 9th nice congress- Congressional District. What was it like to run for office for the first time? Some people, they were, I thought they were very mean and unfair to you. Uh, was, that had to be like a, a shock to you, right? The people are nasty and say things that aren't true. Well, exactly. What shocked me the most was the number of untrue things that people said and, uh, and spread around. I really felt for my darling wife who had to read so many untrue things and really made her very angry and upset. But I think angry and upset at the culture that exists in Washington, the culture that politicians have. For too long, they've continued to tell all of us non-politicians that we shouldn't get involved in our government. I think we need to get involved in our government for that reason. We need change, and change is not going to come from those politicians that have been architects of this system that's benefiting them, but not benefiting Hoosiers and Americans. Uh, take us through, like, what this transition period is. It's very fast. You have to get there. You, you still probably figuring out where the restrooms are at, right? That's exactly right. It's a very fast transition, especially starting off next year because there's such a huge agenda, right? I mean, the Trump administration's come out and said, this is what we're going to accomplish in the first 100 days, and it's no small list. And so we need to be sure that we, as members of the House, are prepared to undertake that same agenda and get the right legislation passed and ensure that that legislation is arrived at through open and transparent debate that the people demand and should expect. And so you're right, it's a fast transition. And, and really, my guiding principle during the course of this transition and the course of building this organization is what can we do every single day to ensure Hoosiers' lives are getting better here in America, to ensure there's more opportunity in Indiana than there was before. That's the guiding question that matters to us in determining what our office is going to look like, what our organization is going to look like, what we're going to be focused on. That's right. I liked you for a long time because I said I want really, really well-off people representing me in Congress because you know how to create jobs. 
take us through what your business experience is going to mean for Hoosiers and what you're going to try to do in, in Washington. I think that you are exactly right and said it so well. What I want to create is a dynamic and growing economy again, one where Hoosiers not only earn enough money to pay for the things they want today, but earn enough to be able to save for retirement, save to send their kids to college, save for the next generation lives better than the current generation. That's always been the American hope. And I think business experience is a huge cornerstone to that. I know what it's like out there trying to create jobs in a regulatory environment um, that's challenging and smothering job creations. I know firsthand how the tax code is driving companies overseas instead of incentivizing companies to invest here in America. I've seen it firsthand. I feel it every day in those businesses, and I want to make sure we change that because I want Hoosiers to get more jobs. I want them to get jobs that pay more tomorrow than they did today and get back to real wage increases. I believe this country is founded on the opportunity for individuals to make more of themselves as they continue to invest in themselves, work hard, and take advantage of opportunities for them. I want to be a part of making sure there are more opportunities for more Hoosiers every single day when I'm in office. And our guest is uh, Trey Hollingsworth. He will represent Indiana's 9th Congressional District in uh, in the U.S. Congress next year. Uh, have they given you a blueprint for the first 100 days, what you guys are going to be doing? You know, they, they started to lay it out, and I think it touches on exactly what I talked about during the course of the campaign. It's, number one, creating a dynamic, growing economy. Number two, you know, as Trump likes it, draining the swamp. But I think there's this genuine feeling amongst Hoosiers, amongst Americans, that Washington isn't serving them, that the government that should be by the people, for the people, isn't that anymore, and insiders have taken it over and co-opted that system into something that works better for them, but doesn't work better for the country. So I think the second big component for the first 100 days is going to be about how we begin to change that culture in Washington. You know, during the course of my campaign, I started term limits the pledge. People thought I'd stop talking about it after I won the primary. Then they stopped. They thought I'd stop talking about it after I won the general. And we talk about it every day because that's what I think we need in order to get back to a culture that serves this great country. Term limits, I promise I won't serve more than eight years, and I absolutely positively believe and will adhere to that. Now, have you had a chance to meet the president-elect yet? I have not. I have not. I, uh, I've been very focused on making sure I build an organization that's reflective of my campaign promises as well as serving the great Hoosiers of the ninth District, and so I have not met him yet. Uh, committee assignments are very important, and generally committee assignments reflect the interest of the representative. What committees are you interested in uh, in serving on? I know I want to make an impact, and I want to make a difference for Hoosiers. One of the, the big committees I am looking at is financial services, because one of the things I think is a tremendous problem is we don't have banks that are willing to lend to small business owners. We don't have banks that are willing to lend to individuals to start small businesses. We don't have banks that are willing to lend to big businesses that want to expand here in America. I want to be a part of changing the over-regulation in the financial industry so we get back to lower-cost financial products for individuals, so we get back to more liquidity enabling Hoosiers to start and grow businesses again because I think that a strong, stable um, financial system is the beating heart of a growing economy, and I want to make sure we get back to that growing economy. Trey, your district is very diverse. Obviously, it stretches from the border all the way up to Greenwood. How do you juggle the interests of, you know, a Greenwood is, is a lot bigger, a lot different than a Jeffersonville? You know, I think it's about listening. I intend to continue to live in the uh, beautiful night district with my wife, Kelly, in Jeffersonville, 
and we'll just travel back and forth. So I'm going to be at every event I can be at. I'm going to be at every town hall I can be at. I want to listen to people, and I want to carry that mandate forward. I want people to hear from me what I think we're doing right and what I think we're doing wrong. And so to me, it's just about listening, understanding what people's perspectives are. Because at the heart of it, though interest may vary slightly, everybody wants a better future for their family and for all of America. And I want to make sure that I'm a part of building that out and building a robust economy and building a, and a government that takes less from hardworking Hoosiers and regulates the lives of hardworking Hoosiers less. And so I think everybody fundamentally comes down to a lot of those same core principles, and I will uh, certainly listen and certainly take those mandates to Washington. And I want to be a congressman of the people, by the people, um, not one of the insiders in Washington. Okay, so take us through what the final week of the campaign was like for you, because as we started with, people were very awful to you, they were very mean, they said a lot of things that were untrue, and a lot of people thought your race was going to be close, much closer than it ended up being. What was the final week like for you? You know, exactly the way it was over the course of the campaign. People say mean things, people say untrue things, but what I wanted to stay focused on was taking the message out to individual Hoosiers every single day. So that last week, I was out knocking doors. That last week, I was out making phone calls, just as I had done week in and week out for over a year before that. I ended up knocking over 20,000 doors personally. I ended up making over 20,000 phone calls personally to Hoosiers to say, how can we do better? What are you most concerned about? What can a congressman do to most positively impact your life? That's what I want to do. And so you're going to continue to hear me talk about doing that. I'm going to continue to make phone calls. I'm going to continue to knock on doors, not to campaign, but to ask what we can do better. Because a government that doesn't listen to the people is not a government that buys for the people. What was election night like for you as you were watching the results, and when did you feel pretty good? You know, I uh, election night was obviously an exciting time, not just for me, but because the realization uh, that Republicans all the way across this state and all the way across the country were going to win in big enough numbers to be able to affect the outcomes for Americans. That's what that's what I want to be a part of, is making sure that we can enact the policies that America needs so desperately in order to get back to feeling safer here at home for Cortez, in order to get back to feeling more secure about jobs in the future, in order to feel more free and less government oversight regulation. So there's a lot of excitement about the possibility that we can do this with a Republican administration, with a Republican House, with a Republican Senate, that we can do this together and finally get this country back on the track it needs to be on. You never seem nervous at all. I was nervous for you. Were you nervous at all? Look, I, I think I wasn't nervous about the outcome because I knew I had spoken the truth and I had spoken what I believe we can do better. And I had taken that appeal directly to the people. I didn't know whether a majority of people would have, would decide to vote on that or not, or whether they would listen to the lies of my opponent. But what I fundamentally wanted all the time, and what you will continue to hear from me, is I want us to do better. I believe we can do better. I believe America should be doing better than it is right now. I want to be a part of that. And I'm never going to apologize for wanting to build a more robust economy, for believing we need to put American national security first. I had said all those things every single day, never veered off, never got pulled aside, um, but focus on exactly what I want to do, exactly what I believe in most. And so I, I, it didn't make me nervous only because I felt like I had gotten to speak the truth the entire time. I got to speak the, um, about what I, my vision is for how we build that better future together.
when they finally tallied the results and you won and you won very easily, did you go, eh, that wasn't so hard? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, it's not a question of, of easy or, or hard. It was a question of the, like I started this conversation about, the, the feeling that I have been entrusted with a lot of faith by Hoosiers to get that change that they want. And it's humbling. It's humbling to hear, uh, you know, Hoosiers say, you can bring that change. You have the right business experience to invigorate the economy. You've got the right vision for how we put national security first. You've got the right understanding of why this government needs to be limited. And for Hoosiers to say that to me and say, we are trusting you to get that change, that's really humbling. And I take that trust very seriously. And I intend to work every day to ensure I'm a good steward of that trust and a good steward of the faith we have in getting to a better future for all Americans. Our guest is Congressman Trey Hollingsworth. He'll represent uh, Indiana's 9th Congressional District in the new Congress. Uh, you went through a bruising primary, great opponents, a really diverse set of opponents. I think that really helped you in, in the general election. You know what? I think Southern Indiana had a lot of great choices during the primary, and I, I certainly respected every single one of my opponents during the primary. Everybody brought a different um, type of experience, a different type of vision for the future. And like you said, it certainly uh, made me laser clear and focused on exactly what I think I can do as a member of Congress to bring more jobs to Indiana, what I think I can do to make sure our borders get secure and we have a, a future that puts Americans and America first. And so I'm excited about carrying out that vision um, over the next two years. And so like you said, Southern Indiana has a lot of great choices, and I was excited to be a part of that. Having served in elected office, pontificating about others is much easier than being uh, pontificated about. Like, all your opponents were ganging up on you, and I thought, there must be something to this guy that made me, it made me like you more. Well, I appreciate that. I, uh, I, like I said, they, we had a lot of good choices, and I was glad that everybody got to participate. I, I believe in competition from the private sector um, all the way through competition in, a, in elections. And so, like you said, good competition often means that people have to, sharpen their focus. They have to work harder, and that's what makes this country great. All right, I've got to ask you one important question, Trey. Uh, yeah. One hard question. You're not going to let Rob Burgess near anything important, right? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. We're going to make sure that uh, that he stays away from everything that's important, but we'll make sure he focuses on the things that aren't important. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Hey, so that kind of, as we wind down here, leads me to my next question. We, we laugh about Rob. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah, of course. Talk about some of the people that are going to be around you, because I think that really leads to what sort of the representative you're going to be. You know what? Exactly. I'm so glad you said that, because I want the organization that I built to reflect the type of representative we're going to be. So let me let me tell you a little bit about that. One, we're going to have a very, very small D.C. office because I want a, bigger, a much bigger in-district, in-state office because I want every Hoosier to feel like they can talk to me, they can find me, they can talk to a member of my team about how we solve their problems. So we're going to have two offices, one down in Clark County, one up in Johnson County that people can come to any time to find out how we can solve some of the problems that you're facing with the VA Social Security. I'm going to have it in the in-district chief of staff, which is unusual, because I want everybody to know, and I want my team totally focused on what we can do to help improve your lives every single day. That's going to be the overarching question of everything we do in Washington, everything we do in district, everything we do legislatively. How can we improve your lives today? What can we do to create more jobs, create more opportunities, to limit federal government overreach? every single day, and that's what I'm committed to.
All right. Uh, uh, I want to close with this, Trey. Um, as people look to, towards you, they want to learn more about you. They want to want to find out what you're doing. What is going to be the best way for people to be able to stay up to date on you? We would love it if people would follow us on Facebook. Uh, go and like us on Facebook, other social media avenues. I want you to hear directly from me. I want you to be able to ask me questions directly. Go on the website, vote for Trey at f o r t r e y dot com. And click the email us button. Email me. Ask me questions. I respond to emails. I call people personally. I believe that your representative works for you, and I want to work for you to get back to a better future for all Americans and all losers. Well, Trey, it's a very exciting time. I'm very excited you were elected. I think you're going to be a, be a great representative. It's great to have non-politicians, business people running our country again. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I look forward to following up with you in a few months. You can ask me what I did to make good on these promises, and I'm going to have great answers because I intend to. That was newly elected United States Congressman Trey Hollingsworth. He will represent Indiana's 9th Congressional District, talking about the first 100 days of the new U.S. Congress, which will work with Donald Trump. That still just sounds just sounds weird to say, President-elect Donald Trump. And uh, moving on now with the show... We're starting a new project, or I'm starting a new project, along with our friend, Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. It's called Capital Happenings, and it's a weekly podcast designed to help keep you informed on what's going on with Indiana government. And as part of the show, it's a it's a podcast. It's going to air on YouTube, as well as SoundCloud and iTunes. And as part of that, we're going to air uh, much of those conversations on this show, because it's really a one-of-a-kind insight into what's going on with Indiana government. And with uh, the session right around the corner, things are going to be moving very fast. Of course, we have a new governor, Eric Holcomb. And this podcast, this Capital Happenings show, is really going to be one of a kind in terms of letting you go inside what's happening with Indiana government, bills that are being debated, and bills that are being passed. So here we go. The first episode, we taped it yesterday with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt of Capital Happenings. Welcome to the first episode of Capital Happenings. I'm Rob Kendall, along with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. Senator, thanks for being with us today. Good day. All right, so uh, tell us a little bit about why you want to do this show, because you are all about transparency in, in yep. government. Absolutely. Welcome, audience. It's uh, it's really a thrill to be able to have a radio show and a podcast, and I really believe that people need to know what is going on in the state house. Not that they don't know, but I, we just want to add a little more flavor and a little more insight of actually what is happening with legislation and issues that uh, we're going to tackle next year. Well, let's meet you a little bit because you're going to be our expert here as we uh, guide our, our listeners and viewers through the legislative session. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you, you love Indiana. I do, and I've been in the Senate for 26 years. I represent the northeastern part of Marion County and Fall Creek Township in Fishers, Hamlin Southeastern. And uh, my wife and I live uh, in the Geist area, and we have three kids that uh, uh, two live in central Indiana, one lives in Chicago. And, and uh, I enjoy politics, I enjoy people, and uh, I'm, I consider myself a constituent senator uh, along with an issue senator. Now, one of the big deals people may say, man, I've heard of this guy's name before, mm -hmm. and one of the huge topics that you're, you're tackling right now is this issue with heroin. Absolutely. It really um, evolved from alcohol on college campuses with the Lifeline Law to what we are trying to scale right now with the uh, heroin epidemic. And, and we have to... Uh, start working on a five-year plan, I believe. I think it's going to take us five years to 
kill heroin. And, and this is an opiate problem that uh, Mexico played a large role with heroin, dirty heroin coming in, along with uh, the pill mills of the 90s and, and uh, pain medicine and, and, and subscriptions and surgeries that went wrong. And, and uh, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, insurance companies. We all play a role here, and anybody living in Indiana is affected by uh, this epidemic. Again, our, the show is Capital Happenings, and uh, Senator Jim Merritt uh, going to be our guide through the Indiana legislature this year because it's a big, crazy deal. I mean, it's nuts, right? Trying well, to keep up. It is. It is nuts. We have approximately 1,500 bills that will be introduced this year, and uh, as you know, there are 50 state senators and 100 representatives, and uh, this year is uh, like every two years where we have a, a budget, a two-year budget that we have to craft. And, and obviously school funding is um, the elephant in the middle of the room. Right. It's the largest piece of the bu budget. But we also have this opioid crisis along with transportation. And, and we all want good roads. We all want good highways. And, and uh, I think those uh, topics, those top three topics will dominate time here. Uh, and then, and there will be issues that come up that uh, we don't, we have no anticipation. That's why we're going to be coming from the state house, hopefully every week, to talk to you about uh, issues that you might not have heard about. And you're going to have great guests for us. We are going to have great guests. We're going to have legislators. We're going to have statewide officials like Kelly Mitchell, state treasurer. Uh, we may inter we may interview an intern. Uh, we just want to get give an inside uh, view that most Hoosiers can't see. And uh, I think they will be interested in that. And this show is going to evolve. And as we're putting this together, this is sort of our pilot episode here. It is. And you know, like any great TV show, the, the final product is nothing like the pilot, right? <laughs> well, hopefully we won't have too many bugs. But <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it because uh, transparency is something we need. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. But radio and TV is something that I feel very strongly that we can deliver the message and, and give just kind of those that are curious of actually what goes on inside the state house, the knowledge that uh, we're doing something yeah, big. So, big. so we're going to a couple different ways you're going to be able to participate in this show. We're going to have a, a video uh, that we're going to be loading to YouTube. We're going to have a podcast you're going to be able to listen to. We're hoping as we go along that this will be on radio stations mm -hmm. across the state. And I think it speaks a lot to you that you're willing to give of your time for this because you got all these other things going on, but you really want to do this show. Oh, absolutely. I love radio, and, and I grew up listening to the radio uh, on my mom's uh, station wagon. Uh, radio system and and uh, I just I enjoy people and and uh, it, it's it's something I get questions a lot about being a U.S. senator versus an Indiana <laughs> senator. So you know I think it's every opportunity I have to uh, educate people and and kind of give a give a little idea of exactly what we're all about um, is a good good opportunity and and we want opportunities for service. Well, we want to thank our first affiliate picking up the show. It's my station, WYRZ 98.9. So we're going to be running the show each week on there. And I know we'll be picking up affiliates as, as we go along. But we'll also have the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Mm -hmm. We'll be telling people more about how you can pick that stuff up. But uh, talk with Senator today about what we were going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And we're not in session yet. No. But uh, you guys have already had a big day of everybody getting together. And that's mm -hmm. called Org Day. Right. Tell us about Org Day. Well, it, it, it's um, organization day, so it's, it's relatively simple. It's black and white, but we have new members in the House and the Senate, 
and uh, they've got to find the bathroom. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they take their desk on the Senate floor, and they're sworn in. And we're doing all the, quote-unquote, housekeeping, so we don't have to do it in January. People uh, are going through seminars right now on, on how a bill is filed, how a bill is written, then filed, and, uh, and just the whole system. And or, uh, Organization Day is, is really just uh, to get our, uh, to get our, uh, our way set for the first day, January 3rd. Obviously a new governor coming yes. in as well, um, you, somebody you know very well, mm-hmm. Eric Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think some, are going to be some of the agenda items that he's going to mm-hmm. bring to the legislature? And, and he's going to say, hey, we need mm-hmm. to get this done. Well, it's an exciting time in Indiana. We have a new U.S. Senator, uh, Todd Young, that's going to take over, and we have a new governor. Uh, we have a new lieutenant governor, Suzanne Crouch, and she'll be presiding over the Senate as the lieutenant governor she's does. She's great. She is wonderful. She's our state auditor, hails from Evansville, Indiana, and just a lot of changes. I expect uh, governor, you can call him governor because lieutenant governor, when you see that person, you can call them governor. So Governor Holcomb, uh, I expect him to have a very energetic, uh, uh, interesting agenda come state of the state. And we will be interviewing him uh, to preview the state of the state uh, come January. And, and we will be hopefully giving you a, um, uh, not a line by line, a, a really good idea of what his state of the state's uh, speech is going to be about, because that is, uh, that is really the, the essence of setting the agenda for the session. And since we're Republican Senate, Republican House, and Republican uh, Governor, uh, his agenda will be our agenda, and, and we will be very happy to follow his lead. Again, the program is Capital Happenings with uh, Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. I think it's interesting people think you're a U.S. senator. Yes, yes. It, it, uh, there's, there's a lot of stories about uh, somebody being in line at the grocery, one of our members, and they said, I thought you were voting on the Senate floor tonight. And, he, and, he, and he, he'd, asked, he'd answered this question so many times, he looked at his watch and said, I'm going to get the 7 o'clock flight. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he'd been asked so much. So if we can, if we can um, educate or relate to people, um, just really the, the ABCs of the legislature, that'll be a good start. And again, my name is Rob Kendall. Senator Merritt's been kind enough to ask me to help sort of guide through this thing each week, and that's, uh, that's a real honor. Um, you know, I, I'd followed your work for a long time, and you were, I was amazed at what people think, elected officials you can't get to them like i just sent you an, a message and yeah. said i'd like to have you on my show my central indiana today show and you said oh yeah absolutely you love talking about government and i don't mind taking questions and i i get stopped at walmart and sam's club and and meyer and and all the rest of the big box stores and and even neighborhood hardware store and and uh and i listen and, and i think that's the biggest part of being a legislator is listening to your audience listening to your constituents and and it, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, seeing people and, and swapping stories and, and ideas. And a lot of the ideas that we will be coming up with uh, for the opiate scourge, the, the Kill Heroin in Five, five Years uh, program, has been learned from the Attorney General's Bitter Pill. It's been learned from doctors. It's been learned from hospitals. We will have a very creative, very comprehensive Kill Heroin in Five Years uh, program agenda for this next session. And and I'm excited about it because we have to have progress. We have to have uh, more than an incremental change in killing heroin. 
And again, I will be nicer dressed for the the rest of them. I, just, <laughs> I was downtown when we had to put this together, so it was a little little hard. I will be matching the senator in a suit and tie going forward uh, because you're such a nice dresser, by well, the way. Well, it's uh, I, you know I I really believe that this is going to be something that people are going to look forward to when they hear it on the radio. Yeah, and it's really cool because these are things that should have existed for a long time, and it's really neat as a radio guy for me to be able to do this. But uh, you know that camera, that camera right there, it's so different every time they you know Fox 59 when they ask me. To do TV or something, it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to dress up. I, you know, radio, you never have to, you know, you never have to worry about anything other than talking. Yeah. Well, we we, uh, we will put on a very good show. You'll enjoy the guests. You'll enjoy the issues. We'll have facts and figures and, uh, and some surprises along the way. All right. So we talked about Org Day mm-hmm. and I think what it would be like to be a new senator. Uh, John Crane, obviously, new senator in Hendricks County. Um, what is it like for these these freshman senators that come in on, on Org Day? Well, I'm sure Senator Crane and Senator Dorio and, and the rest of them will uh, will be quiet for a little while because there it is uh, quite complicated at the start. Luckily, there's not a whole lot going on in the first week of January, but I have every confidence that Senator Crane and, and, and the rest of the freshmen uh, legislators, because there are a lot of them in the Senate and the House, and we just added one the other day when uh, Senator Brank- Banks resigned and went right. on to Congress. And so we have uh, constantly adding new voices, and it's great to have new ideas, new thoughts uh, in the legislature. And, and it's amazing how much the legislature turns over every yeah. year. Almost 20% <laughs> turnover every election. Isn't that bad of a job? Is that the deal? I mean, <laughs> Well, we want fresh thought, and, yeah. and, uh, and we have... Um, uh, when I broke in in 1990, we didn't have a whole lot of turnover, but now we do, and and uh, it's a good thing. It, it's a good thing to have those new ideas and and and, and freshness about the place. You know, again, uh, the show the show is Capital Happenings. Thanks for watching or tuning in on uh, via podcast. Again, you could, you'll be able to find us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. Uh, in the meantime, if you if you want to listen to the podcast, you can just search Central Indiana Today. That's my daily program. This is going to be podcast uh, there, so people can go back and listen to it uh, anytime you want, right to your smartphone or tablet. It's Absolutely, that, that's simple. You can be at the it's office. Great work if you're supposed yeah. to be working though right you know but uh, you know if you got a lunch break or something mm-hmm. plug it in and, and listen i'm rob kendall along with uh, indiana state senator jim Merritt. i'm curious about this because i've had a chance to interview uh several of our congressmen in indiana since the election uh talking uh, with other members of government there seems to be an optimism mm-hmm. about our nation and our state that hasn't been there recently I'm curious if you feel that as well walking around the state house. Oh, I think there is a positivity, and and I and I agree with you with Congress. It's kind of a it's kind of a rare opening in time that we have um, uh, we have new president, we have new governor, and 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 you know I hate to go, keep going back to the term fresh, but fresh ideas, and and I think I think that um, bodes well for the legislative session coming up and for the next four years, if you will. And so yes, I do feel that way, and. If you have interest in the legislature itself, we stream live all committee meetings and we stream live our sessions on the Senate and House floors. And and uh, if, if someone really has an interest in following the legislature on, on a bill or an issue or an individual member, um, it's relatively simple to do that on your on your computer. Let's talk about that for a minute because it is a really wonderful thing and you're way ahead of much of the rest of the country in this transparency. Um, so let's start there. The live streaming of the events, right. that's, a, that's a great thing. It is a great thing. And we uh, all the uh, stats, if you will, all our votes are online and uh, uh, how much uh, money we raise in our campaigns. Everything is right in the Internet and can be, uh, and can be found. 
it's interesting when kids, fourth graders, uh, come on the Senate floor when they've, they're having a field trip from school, and I talk to them. We have these these cameras that look a little funny. They don't look like they, they're look <laughs> like like little um, white pods. Right. And uh, you have to. They ask the question, "What is that up on that ledge?" It's uh, there are cameras everywhere on the floor, and uh, we want to make sure that if somebody has an interest in an issue, uh, and if it's going to be on the floor and debated, they can see it. Uh, Senator, one other thing, talking about transparency, there's actually a thing called the Transparency Portal. Exactly. Tell us about that. Well, it's it's something that uh, you can you can open up into state government and get about anything you want or anything you can anything you can think of. Uh, all of the uh, all the agencies are there. Anything that has anything to do about state government, you can find on the transport. How much money spent on things, things of that a- nature. Absolutely, it's uh, the transparency portal is omnipotent. It's 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 right there. All the information is in one place. Um, one-stop shopping is probably uh, overused, overworn, but it's, it is right there. Again, the show is Capital Happenings with State Senator Jim Merritt. I'm Rob Kendall. And again, we're going to be having great guests on this program. We're going to be interviewing, you know, you talked about Governor-elect Holcomb, mm-hmm. and and uh, you may have a special surprise for us next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to be really cool mm-hmm. for people to get an opportunity to hear from the elected officials. And the other great thing is uh, they're going to be interviewed by an elected official. It's mm-hmm. not some, you know, guy like me that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some clown and somebody knows what's going on, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. We have also interesting people uh, that come uh, to be honored in front of the Senate in the House. One of um, uh, my favorites was Jeff Gordon right after he won the first Brickyard. Yeah. And I spent about 10 or 15 minutes with him. And what a great person. Has done so much for Riley Hospital. And and we will have individuals who win state awards or, or um, are in the state uh, that, uh, that are icons that we'll try to pick off in an interview. And uh, there will be something different uh, every show, and I'm just really excited about uh, relating it to the Hoosiers of Indiana. And maybe someday we'll be on television. Maybe they'll like us enough to put us oh, on TV. Maybe so. And uh, I, 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 I'm just happy with what we're doing now and, and uh, getting the ideas and getting the information out to our, our friends. Now, obviously, session not in yet, and I want to circle back to something that we could kind of talk about that is a huge issue. It's something I see you in the news all the time for this issue, and I know it's a big thing for you, and that is heroin, and I know mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I want to go back to it because we're approaching the holiday season where people are with their friends and loved ones. This is an epidemic. This is a crisis issue in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Talk with us a little bit about what some of the plans are maybe, mm-hmm. uh, where we're currently at, and what some of the plans are to try to address this issue. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity. That's what I love about this radio show. It, we will... Uh, we started out uh, years ago talking about stigma, and and it should not have a stigma because this heroin epidemic, uh, regardless if it's financial or health-wise, it has an impact on the family. It has impact on every one of us, and uh, there are companies out there that can't employ people because either either uh, they they someone uh, pa- didn't pass a drug test and they had to fire them. Or they couldn't hire them because mm-hmm. they couldn't drug, uh, pass a drug test. And so it affects everyone. We have anywhere between 250,000, 300,000 Hoosiers who are struggling with an um, addiction that's attached to opiates. And it's, um, it's something that is very concerning to me, and it has, has a health impact along with an economic impact. 
So what as a legislature, what can you do? Because there's a lot of pe- there's a lot of different theories on this, and a lot of people say you can't stop people from harming themselves. So what steps has the legislature taken, or what mm-hmm. maybe are they going to take coming up to try to deal with this? Well, we just finished a drug task force that the governor had um, sponsored and asked for and recommended, and that w- that just really scratched the surface. We went everywhere in the state of Indiana, learning about different uh, problems in uh, Department of Corrections, uh, Scott County. Um, it, a, a, a variety of places, Northwest Indiana, and and we also were were uh, exposed to a lot of great ideas that may be out there that that are out there that we can um, copy and steal. Talk about the work of Jerome Adams, okay. the health commissioner. Right. I know he's done an outstanding job. Great guy. I've had mm-hmm. a chance to to visit with him before. Mm-hmm. I know he's really really taking this very serious, and I actually mm-hmm. got to meet with President Elect Trump on this yes. topic. Yes, and and lucky me, he's a constituent. That's great. And Dr. Adams is somebody that isn't iconic in in the fight against heroin, and and obviously going in and, and talking with President Obama demonstrates that uh, that he's got the credibility, and he has jumped into this feet first and. He and his uh, de- deputy commissioner, Jennifer Walthall, have done a terrific job of being knowledgeable and, and suggesting uh, ideas and, and fighting through the, the Hep C and the HIV of Scott County mm-hmm. in, in, that, in that area of the state. And they have had a lot on their plate. Uh, the idea that we would run out of Narcan, and, but then uh, state police and, and, um, and the Department of Health came to the rescue, and, and voila, we have Narcan. Narcan does not enable you. Narcan is something that is an opiate, that is an anti-opiate that uh, rescues life. It's, a, it's an antidote for an opiate overdose, and something that um, uh, we need to continue to have on the front lines with EMTs and, and uh, law enforcement and first responders, but we have to get by that. We have the, the stigma that we tried to kill, and, and we've offered the antidote, uh, Narcan. Now we need to talk about a detox treatment and recovery system of care. And, and uh, right now, people feel as though if you're struggling with a heroin addiction, you almost have to commit a felony to go inside Department of Corrections to get treatment in Indiana. It's either that or you go to Michigan, Arizona, California, Florida. And we have to sit, we have to set up a system somewhere in our state, probably throughout our state, to care for our Hoosiers who are willing to come floor, uh, forward and get clean and not struggle anymore with with death around the corner with the heroin overdose. I had a chance to host a forum for the American America's Future Foundation. Uh, this has been several months ago now. It's much warmer then. That's what I remember. It's much warmer. That's <laughs> uh, like nine degrees today. Um, but uh, uh, had a chance to do that and, and talked with the prosecutor and someone who'd been inside the correctional system about this issue. And and it just seems almost like it's an unsolvable issue because we want to get people help, yet we want to protect people from themselves, yet we want to respect individual rights and liberties. And I, I don't envy you guys at all because I'm not. I don't know what the solution is. Well, I think you have to start with the basis of it's it's a disease or an illness. Addiction is it's not a character flaw, and 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 I've heard this many times, but it bears repeating. We're not going to rest our way out of it. These are nonviolent people who made a, made a mistake or made countless mistakes that we need to help. We need to provide hope. We need to uh, figure out what is what is that we can help them with and arm the folks that uh, are so talented in our me- medical industry to help them. And, and understanding that it's, it, it is such a, a, difficult, um, uh, a, difficult, a difficult road to hoe uh, with addiction because 
there are a lot of people there that just can't stop. And, uh, and it's just very difficult regardless of um, if they're living under a bridge or not. Yeah. Again, the program is Capital Happenings. I'm Rob Kendall, along with State Senator Jim Merritt. Got a couple minutes left here. One of the issues and one of the ways I met you was to, was to interview you about this issue is the Indiana Lifeline Law. Yes. And, uh, again, as we're not in session yet, so not a lot of bills to talk about yet. We want to save the juicy stuff for the first of the year. Sure. Let's talk about the Lifeline Law because mm-hmm. a lot of people may be viewing this that have young people in their house, children mm-hmm. that are of teenage or college age. Tell us about the Lifeline Law. Well, I'm, I, yeah, I, I very much appreciate it. I spend a lot of time on college campuses talking about this, as well as in high schools, um, and, and maybe even a middle school or two. And what this, what this is, is several years ago, we, we came to the conclusion uh, that on college campuses, uh, they were calling 911 a lot because there were inebriated people. And, and uh, obviously, it's a nonviolent uh, offense. And what the, uh, the seniors, or excuse me, the presidents of these uh, student bodies would come to talk to me about was we need a med- we need an alcohol amnesty law and i thought about it for about 30 days because i had kids in college at the time but i felt as though lives were being lost and we needed to um, put a little more common sense in it so what the law says is that if you're under 21 you're in a you're in a social situation or not and uh, you have a friend who is um, that is, it looks like alcohol poisoning, and, and, and uh, you feel uh, he, he or she is harming their lives and risking their lives, call 911. You have immunity. And, and those, are the, those parents that have kids, talk to your kids about this because the last thing we want them to do is panic and, and, uh, and because everybody is worried about their future. Uh, worry about what is in front of you. Make the call. And you can also text. And what we call it is a text 911 lifeline. Yeah. And, and that is really a big part of this is, is kids are texting now. They're not making phone calls. And it, and it can be a little easier at a party uh, texting 911. So I, all 92 counties can do that now. All right. So uh, one other topic that I wanted to, to get with you, and, and I'm sure we're going to get into the details of this one once session starts, and maybe we will even have one of the bill's authors on the show. This but somebody said, hey, you've got to, several people said, you've got to ask Senator Merritt about this. Is this bill that uh, involves uh, being able to take DNA from people mm-hmm. when they're uh, accused of a felony? So can you kind of take us through maybe just a brief overview on this mm-hmm. and maybe sure. what the discussion is going to be? Sure. This is an issue that I've worked on for a long time. As long as um, DNA and technology have allowed us to talk about that being an identifiable um, uh, tool um, to um, solve crimes, or to uh, convict someone, or to uh, help someone get out of jail because they they've been um, uh, wrongly accused. There are so many ways to, to um, describe this, and 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 I believe that today's uh, today's fingerprint is DNA. And um, I, I but I also will tell you that uh, it w- uh, when we arrest someone. Um, I believe their DNA ought to be taken along with their picture and their and their and their fingerprint. But if that person is rendered innocent, that DNA should be eliminated. We should not be able to keep that DNA on file if that in- individual is innocent. That, I, I really be, uh, strongly believe in the civil liberties of that. But uh, we we should take it upon arrest. Right now, if you're convicted. 
uh, your DNA is taken before you're uh, placed and in, in you're incarcerated. So um, it, it has a long way to go. I worry that we don't have the best storage system for this for a system such as this. That will be discussed, and so there will be there will be um, a financial uh, question for this, a financial impact for this. But the bottom line is, as we've seen DNA just recently, Ohio helped us uh, convict someone that was murdered in Zionsville. Uh, we've seen DNA play a large role in in convicting or exonerating someone. So, so I believe it's a great tool uh, for the for the law enforcement toolbox, and uh, and and I think it's something we need to uh, approach slowly. But um, I think by the end of session, I think we should have a good law. So we can make sure that we put uh, guilty people behind bars. It's really going to be fascinating how this plays out, because I know you guys have brought this forward in the, in the legislature before, and uh, it's going to be fascinating because I'm sure there's going to be a civil liberties debate. And the key is, you know, because you've spent your whole life or your whole legislative career doing this, is to get good le legislation, not quick legislation. And if that means you got to revisit it, as you did last year, now this year, or mm -hmm. this year, now next year, mm -hmm. get it right. Exactly, and we want to get it right. And, and, and just to repeat... Um, keeping someone's DNA that is innocent is not acceptable to me. And uh, we do want to get it right. I don't want to be cloned. No. I'm very concerned. <laughs> if, if I'm going to be cloned, I want to have some of the we, profits. We don't want two Robs around. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, I, I think we can come with a great public policy that can um, help keep people out of jail sometimes because a lot of times this DNA can exonerate you. Senator, I want to close with this. I want to speak to our audience and obviously to you to say thank you for doing this. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm super excited about it. There's really nothing like this being done or has been done where we can speak directly mm -hmm. uh, and very candidly with, with a, uh, someone of, of your position. Um, so just wanted to give you some closing comments today to talk about this because I know it means a lot to you to be able to do it as well. Oh, thank you. You know, um, for the last 26 years, I've worked really hard to be in touch with people. And that's what's so exciting about this radio show and hopefully TV show someday is that uh, I can speak directly to you, and you can too. And and I think that's the key. That's what you want in your public servants is access and transparency and somebody that you can relate to and you can know. And so that's what's um, that's what's so exciting about this show. And, and uh, it should be uh, – hopefully that people uh, tune in or listen. Uh, we uh, – we will, uh, you will not be bored. We will get it done. Yeah, so we're going to have a, a more firm schedule as we come to the first of next year, at least for the time being. I think we're going to look at doing Thursdays, getting trying to get our video blog up Thursday nights, or the audio blog up Thursday nights, um, or at least recording it on, on mm -hmm. Thursdays, like we're doing today and I think next mm -hmm. week. Um, but once we get to session, we'll have a more firm, uh, firm schedule. So, right. Senator, thanks for being with us, and this is going to be very exciting. It is, it is. Okay, this was our Thank first you. episode of Capital Happenings with State Senator Jim Merritt. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us today. That was our first edition of Capital Happenings. That podcast is going to be a weekly podcast. going to air on YouTube as well as SoundCloud and iTunes with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. And we'll have much of that on this show as well. That's a real honor to have been asked to host that with him. And it's, there's never been anything like it before. It's really going to be a one-of-a-kind look inside Indiana government from a very important person involved in that process so that is going to do it for us today and don't forget whether you missed any part of the capital happenings podcast or you missed our conversation with newly elected u.s representative trey hollingsworth you can check out a podcast anytime you want we're on soundcloud and itunes just search central indiana today and uh, you can go back and listen just download the show right to your smartphone or tablet go back and listen anytime you want 
podcast is always presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.